Thank you for tuning in to Pulp Fliction. I'm your host, Grant Grubbs. And Evan Dearborn. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 22 of Pulp Fliction. And on this week, we'll be talking about our top 10 favorite movie endings of all time. I mean, this is... I, I know we say this every time at this point, so it's kind of a cliche, but it's a tough one. Uh, Dude, one this of the, is probably the toughest one. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many good movie endings. Uh, so it's like... Eh, and you can name them. We're going over this. Like, you can name them all, but trying to rank them... I mean, a lot of it just depends on your mood, what you're looking for, all that. So, uh, yeah, we, we were definitely in for a doozy here. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the number one thing that I was uh, trying to rank them as, like, did it leave me, like, how bamboozled was I at the ending or how, like, I don't know, just, like, some movies had me crying. Some movies had me just wanting to see more. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of hard to rank there. But we'll talk about that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant, do you have anything that you want to ask me, buddy? Oh, man. What do I want to ask you? Let me think. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you what you watched this past week and what you thought about it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think that we can get uh, too far into what I've been watching this week. Yeah. And tell tell the audience why that is, Ev. And that's because I've been watching Star Wars. And I'm doing that to catch up on the uh, on all the this, this entire Skywalker saga mm-hmm. so that maybe... On May the 4th, which just so happens to be a Wednesday, we can bring in a special episode to you guys talking all about Star Wars. We're going to bring in uh, a couple of our buddies to bring to talk about it. Yeah, the Star Wars experts. Oh, yeah, the Star Wars experts. It's going to be an ab- – I'm curious to see how it's going to go. It could be the worst thing we've ever done, but it yeah. could also be the best thing we've ever done. There's only one way to find out. You guys tune in and check it out and let us know. Yeah, for sure. So that's really all that I've been watching, catching up all things Star Wars. Uh, Grant, what about you? What have you been watching lately? Uh, as far as what I've been watching, um, really a lot of rewatches. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think what I have discussed and haven't discussed. I, I, I don't know if I discussed this, but I watched King of Comedy a uh, kind of underlooked Martin Scorsese film uh, especially for it being him and Robert De Niro I feel like those typically are just hailed so much and while this is critically um, acclaimed it, it kind of gets slept on compared to some of the others uh, additionally I've re-watched Whiplash which I mean come on well, uh, yeah y'all know if you know modern day masterpiece exactly uh damon's uh, one of the greatest uh directing debuts of all time he also wrote it uh man deserves all the respect and it may be making an appearance on our list today we'll see hey he just might <laughs> and then additionally i watched another uh director's debut quentin tarantino's reservoir dogs uh this movie just gets better too every time I watch it. It's it's a genius. I think similar to Whiplash, it's a genius first script. Um, because neither of them are high budget. Uh, I mean, really, all of Reservoir Dogs, other than a couple cutback scenes, takes place in one building. Um, it's all dialogue, but it's so Tarantino, so intriguing. Uh, that it really keeps me hooked the whole entire time, and I, I really enjoy this film. It's so creative. It's a it's a heist movie without ever seeing the heist. Yeah, it's and for Tarantino to do this as his first movie, I mean, just ridiculously bold. Uh, the very first scene where they're in the diner, uh, having breakfast and getting the a significant amount of cup of cups of coffee, mm-hmm. 
I mean, you just are introduced into Tarantino's ridiculous writing style immediately. And it's it's hard not to fall in love with with Tarantino as his filmmaking right after seeing just like the first ten minutes of this film. Which random side note, which we tend to do on this show, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, Reservoir Dogs opening scene in that kind of coffee shop, and I didn't know this for a long time, was actually not originally in the script. Uh, what it had started off with was that opening shot of just them walking down the street with their suits and stuff, and. Uh, they ended up adding that part in because Mr. Blue, one of the, I, I believe it's Mr. Blue, who's like the older gentleman of the Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. didn't have any lines in the film. And they didn't realize that until afterward. So they threw that in to give the guy a couple lines. Make him feel good. Dang. Respect. Mad respect for that. <laughs> Trying to share the love there. Yeah. Tarantino, what a guy. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all we have. I know that's a really quick kind of opening this week, but you know, don't want to go into Star Wars. Want to save that. And uh, I've been I've been lacking as far as um, actually watching movies, but we've watched enough to be able to provide you guys a pretty solid top ten list here, mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited to get into it. So uh, without further ado, Ev, do you have anything? I got nothing. Let's get right into it. All right, let's hop into the main segment. Yeah, there I am with my finger on the uh, bar. I yeah. can't help myself. All right. Uh, with all that said and the warning given. Why don't we go ahead and dive in to our top 10? Uh, now, we're not going to do honorable mentions, which we typically don't when we do a full 10. We originally were going to do five, but uh, we just kind of help ourselves. Had to extend it here. So, Evan, start me off with your number 10. So, at number 10, I've got a real sleeper here. And I've got one that I don't think a lot of people have actually uh, seen before. I was getting nervous whenever you <laughs> preface it with that. <laughs> it's called Sleepaway Camp. Made in 1983. It's a horror film. And listen, it is probably the worst cinematic movie on this list by far from either mine or yours. <laughs> okay. The dialogue in it is horrible. There's some really bad, like it really does not age well at all. However, this ending. Smacks. Dude, I was thinking about it for the longest time ever. It was it was the most mind-bending ending I've, I've probably ever seen. This was whenever I was watching all those horror films during uh, Spooktober. And I'll tell you what, I was not really ready for for the ending. I watched uh, James James A. Janice Dead Meat Kill Count after this. Yeah. And dude, it was it. I mean, it just hit, and it it, it was actually just it was it was so much fun to actually watch and see the twist of it. it would it even make sense for you to explain it all, or? Uh, well, it turns out that there was a a a girl that everyone's like, Oh, she's like so weird. How come she doesn't hang out with any of the other girls? Mm -hmm. And, uh, there was apparently like 50 years or not 50 years. It was like 10 years beforehand at this camp that there was this death of, uh, of a family. And it turns out like it was that there was only a girl or a boy that survived, but it turns out that this girl is actually the boy. Oh God. And she like set out to like kill everybody else at the camp because it was like the camper's fault or the camp counselor's fault. Interesting. As to why her whole family like died. Dude, it was the it was the strangest thing ever. But like the the reveal at the ending just so eerie. You, you see her have this face where it's just like I mean, yeah, two minutes of a f- movie at the end can literally save a whole entire crappy movie from before and it, make it like acceptable yeah it honestly did this was on like ant-man and the wasp levels <laughs> at the very beginning and then that that ending dude and they had like this flashback where it showed like the like her mom trying to or her like aunt trying to get her to transform into this girl dude it was it was what so strange this is very niche for any 
sleepaway camp listeners. Yeah, they're, they're going crazy right now. I'm, they're like, this guy understands me, but uh, yeah, it, it's definitely for horror movie uh, buffs like myself. But yeah, it, it was such a great. I had to put it somewhere on the list, uh, even though it's just not a very good film at all. All right, um, my number ten. Yeah, let's hear it. My number ten is, and I had to put this in as a journalism major. All the President's Men. Mm. Uh, one of the greatest uh, journalism movies of all time. Personally, I probably like Spotlight better, but as far as what actually shows like what journalism is like, I think uh, All the President's Men is even better. Uh, it's very accurate. It was taken straight from the book, and if you don't know what it is, it's basically about the two reporters who broke down the story of Watergate uh, and Richard Nixon wiretapping the um, Democratic National Headquarters. And uh, it's just amazing. Um, The final scene is throughout the whole movie. These two young reporters are just grinding, grinding, trying to expose Nixon. And the final scene is just two typewriters clicking away. And behind them on the little TV, they're watching Richard Nixon resign because of all the work they've done. And, uh, yeah, it's just pretty inspiring as a journalist. Uh, Just shows, you know, even though on your little typewriter, what can really be achieved. Yeah, who is who is the the people that was this Dustin Hoffman was he in Dustin the, Hoffman and um, Robert Redford? Okay, yeah, I remember hearing like, dude, Dustin Hoffman. It's insane that he's still like making movies yeah. like to this day. Like he was in The Graduate in like the nineteen sixties. Yeah. He's still in like good films. Mm-hmm. And he's still relevant today. That's insane. I think sixty. I think Graduate. The Graduate was his first like real role, mm-hmm. and I don't know how he got a leading role and what ended up being a classic but i mean the guy is one of the greatest actors of all time and uh he shows it right there in all the presidents man yeah i haven't seen it uh because i'm not a a journalism major so (laughs) it's not required of me but who knows i might have have to check it out it's required of you now as a movie fan hey there we go all right ev what's your number nine so at number nine i've got a, a another controversial one some people hate this ending some people love this ending this guy just can't help himself. Personally, I absolutely adore this ending, and you do as well, Grant. Okay. It's La La Land. I Damien love Chazelle. this freaking ending. Dude. It's uh, showing that that alternate reality that could have been if uh, if Sebastian and Mia got, got together and they lived this happily ever after life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is definitely something that I, uh, you know, I might have shed a tear to the first time I watched it. I'm not <laughs> going to... I'm not going to admit to it. I'm not going to de- deny it. Just heard muffled sobs coming from <laughs> Evan's room. But listen, the uh, the main thing about this, the ending, is like if it wasn't uh, Damon Chazelle's, uh, like his ability to direct and his ability to just, it, it was basically like a, I think it's called a lead motif where it's a film that is talking about a, like the song is what uh, pushes the story forward. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun to be able to, to witness this, what could have been. And then obviously you have the ending whenever you have Mia staring and thinking about turning back. So much fun. It's like, I'm just imagining the smiling mask with a man crying underneath <laughs> uh, meme. But yeah, it, it's painful. Uh, really what sells the scene for me is that, like you said, Mia turning back and Seb just looking at her and they both know you know, it, it couldn't have worked out uh, with them both being happy, but at the same time, they wish each other the best. And mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it that one hurts deep. Let's just put it that way. 
Yeah, it, it definitely does. This is one where I'm just like, dude, you want Ryan Gosling to, to succeed so bad yeah. in this one. I want him to just run off that stage and grab Emma Stone up in his arms, man. I, I need it. <laughs> Gosh. And then City of Stars. I mean, I feel like I talk about it like yeah. once a week and I'll I just start humming it. I was going to say, Evan, I think at one point this sem- or last semester, he was just saying that for two weeks straight around the house. Yeah. And, and you know, if you guys want to hear more about uh, La La Land, go back and check out, I think it was number episode number 11. I don't know, but I trust you. Where where we talked about it, we went we went pretty far in depth we about it. We went deep, it, yeah. And you guys can definitely hear the the love that we have for La La Land. Yeah. But yeah, Grant. Without further ado, my number nine. Let me hear your number nine. I'll tell you. And uh, now this is one that I have. This is a movie I've discussed before, not too much, um, and I don't think very many people have seen it, so I won't go super in depth on the ending. Uh, but it's La Hen, La Hen, the uh, French film. Um, it, I love a movie that begins in a parallel way to the way it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie ends with like him saying kind of like a famous French saying, uh, which goes something like, have you ever heard about the man who falls off the skyscraper as he's falling? He says, so far, so good, so far, so good. And then obviously hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it opens with one of the characters opening their eyes and that's the first shot you see the movie ends with now things are in a far more dire situation and it's kind of like metaphorically things are finally about to hit the ground and they repeat it and then the movie ends with that same character closing his eyes and it's amazing um it's one of my favorite kind of like parallels like that i've ever seen in the film uh, and, and I wish more films would kind of take that approach. It just makes such a neat uh, tied-off story. Yeah. Uh, La Hen, I also have not seen this. It's got uh, Vincent Castle yep. in it. Yeah, dude. And I'm pretty sure he got, like, Oscar buzz for this, didn't he? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know back then, I think this was either 85 or 90s, um, but he, uh, the Oscars wasn't as international yeah. yet. Um, but I mean, if he didn't, he deserves it. In my opinion, it's one of the best acting performances ever. Yeah, for sure. And I think I've seen like on, uh, on film talk. Oh yeah. They dude, love, they, they love Lahan. They love Lahan. They've got this one uh, shot of him. Like he's like trudging down this, ha- this hallway and he's like, yeah, yeah. Grant just did it perfectly, but he was like, I don't know. Just the, the, it's the classic him looking in the mirror. Like, Du-du-du-du. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, check check it out, guys. If you haven't, uh, you know, looked at international films before, that should definitely be one at the top of your watch list. Uh, it, it is a pretty brutal subject, so beware of that. Uh, but as far as the filmmaking and stuff goes, it's up there all time. Ev, what's your number eight? Well, number eight, I've got a film that kind of uh, starts where it ends, uh, okay. and that's Fight Club. Yes, it does, yeah. kind of. It's yeah. a little media res. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he starts out, he's saying, I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for Marla Singer. Mm-hmm. Or this all happened when I first met Marla Singer. And my gosh, I mean, we also made an entire episode about yeah. Fight Club I before. mean, Evan's just Evan's just plugging the pod right now. I know, I really am. I really am. But uh, I think that it, this one could have been higher, but it also, like, it just is way too ambiguous ambiguous for me to be able to be like, yeah. All right, this is definitely one of the the better like top five endings because whenever you start playing the Pixies and Where's My Mind, I mean that alone. Yeah, there's a reason that's our outro song on this podcast. Right. I mean, 
when they just go uh, narrator and Marla Singer go hand in hand and they just look at the the destruction of what po- Project Mayhem's done, <laughs> dude. It literally, I mean, the, the satisfaction that you get from just seeing that and you're like, dude, what is happening right now? Yeah. So awesome. Literal will have like Donald Trump like anti-establishment. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even know what's happening, but dang it, you're in. It's just so lit. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you didn't even know that they were gonna blow up the credit. You know that they're going after credit card companies, yeah. but you didn't know that they were gonna like blow these humongous uh, skyscrapers up. Yeah, it honestly fears me the way I was sucked into the propaganda of that movie. But uh, dude, I know I was getting ready to stand outside of Paper Street for three days and, <laughs> and wait for uh, and wait for Tyler Durden to come out and tell me I'm in. I can't blame you. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a really good pick of. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Man. <laughs> what do you got at number eight? We'll see if this one uh, matches up. This is the one I mentioned uh, before we started recording that I think you like. I don't know whether or not you forgot it, um, but you were obsessed with this movie for a second. Arrival. Mm. Uh, I think Arrival, the ending is one of the best sci-fi endings I've ever seen, if not the best sci-fi ending I've ever seen. You hear that? Sorry, hold on. Kind of. Um, but yeah, Arrival, I, I think not probably not enough people have seen it, um, but it's, I'll say this, it's a D- Denis Villeneuve movie, which is all you need to know. Uh, the guy's just a mastermind, um, and he's proven it time and time again. Amy Adams and kind of the final moments of this just gives one of the best performances. And what you think the whole entire time uh, is happening in the present is actually something she's seen in the future. And the way it just ties everything together, I couldn't have asked for a better ending. Yeah. Uh, Arrival. I mean, I feel like I, I told you this. It was just – or I wrote it down in my letterbox review. I was like, this this movie has a specific genre, like it's it, like ap- apocalyptic, and then at the very end, it flips it on its head, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it's a romance movie slash like coming of age. It, dude, it's the strangest thing. Yeah. It's just so masterful, and you got, uh, gosh, what's the song? Oh, uh, is it like Nate, something upon the daylight or nature and daylight or something? Like, yeah. I don't know, but all I know is that, yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I need to start humming. <laughs> like, I literally know how how it goes. I just yeah. don't know the name of it, but dun, it's the dun, dun. the most beautiful. Yeah. Like, it, I if I were to make a film one day, I was like, this one's got to be in that film. It's the greatest like film score emotionally of all time. I mean, it just like does something inside your soul. Uh, mm. it, it should be illegal, quite frankly. Yeah, honestly, listen, like the scene. Amy Adams and uh, and Jeremy Renner just like have this relationship where you're like, oh wait, what? What in the world? And then it just goes back in time, and, and you just see like flashback after flashback. Yeah, it's, it's 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 just so beautiful. I love every single second of it. Denis, it's uh master. on the nature of daylight. On the nature of daylight. Interested, but uh, yeah, amazing, amazing little score slash song to go with it there, and a uh, great movie ending. Yeah, I also definitely forgot about it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. I got you. Uh, Ev, what's your number seven? Number seven for Evan here mm-hmm. is The Usual Suspects. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've said this once before that it has an incredible ending. You got uh, Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, a great ending. Yeah. Weirdo. <laughs> not, not a great ending for Kevin Spacey when it's all said and done. But Hopefully not. But Kevin Spacey, uh, I think the 
you go through this entire story and you're just like, you're and so in, engulfed in what he, his character's name is Verbal, so that's what I'll mm-hmm. say. Uh, Verbal is just telling the story like it's just an absolute masterpiece going from like each scenario, from scene to scene. He's basically playing out the entire movie, narrating it for us. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you see the end, in uh, he's let go whenever they find out that he's not an actual suspect for this murder. You see uh, the the cops start looking around, and he's looking at this bulletin board behind him. I hope you're okay with me spoiling this. Group. Yeah, I think I know the ending. Yeah, he's looking around, and he's like looking at the names on the bulletin board, and all the names and the of the people and the places are literally right there. So basically what Kevin Spacey did is he just read off the names that he saw and implemented them in a story like he was ad-libbing it. And then you see him walking away with this little uh, – Limp. Limp mm-hmm. is what it's called. Walking away with this little limp. And then all of a sudden, as he's about to get in his car, he throws away his cane. And he's, like, running into the, the uh, this car. And he's run off. And now he's free to go. And it has, uh, I haven't even seen it, but one of the best lines ever in a movie, which is um, the greatest trick that ever ever played or pulled. Yeah. Greatest trick that the devil ever pulled is convincing people he didn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen the movie, and I know the line. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's obviously a standout. That does come right at the end, correct? Yeah, right at the end. And, uh, yeah, I, it's definitely on my watch list. And uh, just, you know, I have higher morals than ever um, for not watching it. But that's fine, man. Put it on your list. Yeah. If if nothing else, it I mean, you have that the lineup scene, which is worth it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you have one of the best beginnings and the best endings in, in this movie. It is so much fun. Such a great watch. Except if you could just get past the fact that <laughs> Kevin Spacey's in there. <laughs> Separate the art from the artist. That's right. Uh, number seven, Grant. Let me hear what you got. Uh, my number seven, an absolute classic. Don't need to go that into it. It's Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Uh, you know, Red walking down that freaking beach after giving an amazing monologue. Uh, what, man, I'm trying to remember exactly what the phrase he says is. Something about something as blue as the blah, 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 blah. But man, when he walks out on that beach and just sees Andy Dufresne clean up the beach and they smile, you just see him make eye contact. Like no words need to be exchanged. Um, it's so satisfying after all they put you through, through that movie and suffering through just a, basically a prison sentence with the two of them. Um, and they finally, finally just have freedom. Yeah. I feel like we don't talk about Shawshank and Redemption enough on this podcast. We really don't. And we definitely should because it's just some of the best like dialogue, some of the best monologues that's in in film that there is. It's one of the best films to to ever be made, and like you just have Red and uh, I think what Andy what is Dufresne. and Andy Dufresne, but like what what does Red say where he's like, I guess I just wanted to see my friend, or I guess I just missed my friend. Yes, 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 yes. dude. Oh, tears started streaming Dude. down my face whenever I heard that. I was like, "Dad, gum, <laughs> Red, Red, you go see your friend." <laughs> I, I, uh, I found the line that I was referring to, mm-hmm. and I'll give you my best Morgan Freeman to do it. <clears throat> I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> that actually wasn't the worst thing that there was. I just wasn't expecting it hardly at all. Uh, it was pretty bad. But, uh, yeah, so that it's amazing. Um, and it's awesome. also just awesome, awesome cinematography um, in that scene, showing the big ocean and all that. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic ending. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I don't want to say too much more about it, but dude, it's just, it's so much fun. Uh, like to see, cause as the, the camera like zooms out, mm-hmm. it's almost like you just see two very small objects, like two minuscule objects. You just see them going in to embrace one another and you're just like, finally. Yeah. It's it, the emotional payoff of that movie is one of the higher ones on my list. It's, it's so good, dude. Um, Ev hit me with something good for your number six. Well, for number six, I've heard people say this is a pretty all right film. <laughs> oh God. It's uh, it's the Godfather. <laughs> okay. Uh, something about this this movie. It's not necessarily just the ending, but like the entire like last hour of it. Mm-hmm. Whenever like ever from or f- f- since the like the time whenever uh, Michael Corleone came out and he shot uh, I forget his name. They're at the diner. It's like the cop guy. Yeah, the, the chief guy. Or yeah, whatever. the guy that's like trying to get the the five families to get into drugs. Yeah, and he goes in and shoots him, and then shoots the cop, dude. Ever since then, you're like Michael Corleone. I feel like you're cheating a, a little man. bit. Oh well, listen, I'm gonna get to it. All right, I right, hey, listen, man. We said endings because I I thought about I was so tempted to put the Godfather, but I was like, I guess that's more the climax. Yeah, yeah. Like the ending scene isn't while it is amazing. It's not as like, oh my god. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the what you just discussed was one of the greatest scenes ever. Yeah, and then. Obviously, like you know what comes up next, some of the best editing in film. And then the the part that is that the actual ending, which I find found to be very, very satisfying, is the uh whenever you have Michael talking to his wife, which for some reason I'm I'm forgetting her name. Uh, I'm not sure either. Um It's Kay, right? Sure. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, talking about Kay and and he's like, You can only know one thing that I've got uh that I'm uh, that I've done in my life. And then he's like, this is just isn't one of them. And then, like, you see the, the door start to shut and Kay, like, on the outside mm-hmm. trying to look in. And you just see Michael's eyes, dude. Yeah. And, like, all his cronies are surrounding him as the now the dawn. And it's kind of, like, complete. He has mm-hmm. ascended to the top of the leadership. Dude. Uh, it, it's it's so good. Tune, mm-hmm. tune in to um, episode number 25 here in a few weeks where we'll be doing our top 25 all time. I have, yeah. a, I have a feeling that'll make an appearance. Yep. Me as well. Um, but, yeah. So, moving on. Where are we now? Six? Yeah. I'm at your – we're at your number six. Okay. We discussed – on my last one, emotionally satisfying endings. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a movie that just got me like this emotionally. It's The Dark Knight Rises. Um, that freaking payoff that Christopher Nolan set up of in the beginning, having Alfred talk about this little Italian restaurant. I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's a sweet little thing. And then coming back and stabbing me in the heart with it later when he looks over and sees Christian Bale. I mean... Uh, it it was the ultimate just he played me uh and I, i'm thankful for it because it was amazing um it, it's one of the best non-dialogue scenes ever uh, michael kane is just so freaking good at acting from him going from crying i find you mr wayne to uh <laughs> that scene it, it's so satisfying yeah i think that uh that that's part of the reason why it's going to be almost impossible for Andy Serkis to top uh, Michael Caine's yeah. Alfred just because there, there's such that emotional investment. And you got that scene where Alfred, he's saying, yeah, he's saying exactly what Grant said. Like, I, I failed you. 
I failed you, Mr. White. <laughs> that was better than <laughs> normal. <laughs> we're making improvement. I know we're we're pod. doing better. I've been I've been putting myself in accent uh, boot camp. <laughs> Evan's doing reps at night in his room <laughs> just to try to be able to be better for you guys. But yeah, and then you have the the ending whenever he just looks over, and then it's just like a little head nod, like just let him know, like, hey, I'm right there, mm-hmm. and like. And even if you go like ten minutes beforehand, when you, wherever you have uh, Commissioner Gordon and Batman's last uh, last interaction, yeah. dude, it's just it's He's just like so, so satisfying. Bruce Wayne, as he flies off, dude. And then like, even the sound of that is going viral on TikTok right now. I forget what it is. Uh, I'm not sure, dude, dude. It, it there, just, there's too many viral sounds on TikTok. That is very true. And then also you have like Joseph Gordon-Levitt going into the bat, uh, the new Bat Cave, and which yeah. you could one can only assume he's the new re- uh, new Robin. Yeah, uh, it, it's it was just perfectly executed and <sighs> might be my favorite Chris Chris Nolan ending to a film. Yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely up there for me. I definitely have to think about it and flesh it out a little bit more, but it's up there. Off the top of my head, I'll say yes. <laughs> All right, um, we are now entering. The top five. Mm. Evan, are you ready? Yeah, I think I am ready. Give me your number five, and you better start it off hot, son. Well, you know, it's already been said, but I've got Sha- the Shawshank Redemption. All right, yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I simply... I mean, hey, I, I can't, like, blame you for putting in the top five. Right, yeah, it's it's just such a... I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. I think that, uh, like, the screenwriting from it is just... It's probably one of my favorite uh, screenplays that there ever is. Yeah. The the way that you have this development of this re- relationship, how like there's two guys that they don't necessarily like, they're not dependent upon one another, but they simply, they can't like live their life without being next to one another. They both want to see each other outside and be able to have redemption. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just seeing them being able to go out and be on the Pacific with it uh, being as blue as red <laughs> hoped it was. Can't ask for much more. No, and it's just it's one of those ones where it's like you know you don't know whether to cry, to clap, to just. Be, I, th- I think be happy. all of the above. Yeah, it's 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 that great. You don't know what what emotion to uh, to just, portray there. Yeah, uh, I I have nothing to say about it. I already said my piece on it. Um, great great choice and great ending. Yeah, I think that's completely all right. Yeah. What do you got, number five? My number five is Whiplash mm. by Damien Chazelle. Um, we both coming into this, we didn't know a lot about each other's list, but we both knew that this was going to be on our list, or at least I can only assume it'll be on Evans. He's giving me a good poker face right now, but, um, it is, I'm not, I, I know nothing about jazz. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about, I mean, I, basically nothing about music, like technically, but I, I'm right there in it and I'm loving every second of the whiplash ending where they're. I'm like, you kill that tempo, brother. Uh, he's sitting there beating the drum, and I, I'm loving every second of it. Um, but Whiplash is so good. No matter who you're watching it, you'll be right there. Uh, it's almost like you're watching like an intense sporting event or something, um, except this has a crescendo. Um, and once again, Damon Giselle is just the master of – which is crazy to say for how young he is, but he's just the master of nonverbal cues, especially capturing people's eyes with the camera. Uh, you see it in La La Land and you see it in Whiplash. And it's like just that moment of Andrew Neiman, Miles Teller character to JK Simmons character, 
character, Fletcher, where they make eye contact and he finally gets that approval from Fletcher, which in a way is bad because it's like an abusive relationship. Yeah. But um, it is just so captivating uh, and one of the best endings I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that uh, Whiplash is one of those movies that if I have somebody that like asked me for a movie recommendation, this is probably the first one that I'll give them just because it is like i think uh it's like less than an hour 40 long and it's just so much fun it's it's not a slow burn but it everything is building up to the very end and my gosh is it just an absolute treat yeah it's definitely not a slow burn i mean the time fly i think it's like you said right under i think it's like 98 minutes Mm -hmm. i watched it the other day and it could be even shorter but it's a great recommendation minus the (laughs) vulgarities yeah that is that is true (laughs) um (laughs) You prepare to hear some things mm-hmm. from J.K. Simmons that you never thought would come across your ears. But other than that, I mean, just the character building of it um, and just some super cool little tiny scenes. It, it, it is an amazing, amazing film. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Whiplash is, is one that I think, like you said, the very like it's action all the way up until that final second. And then you just see black and you're just like. Yeah, what the dump just happened yeah, right there. Yeah, which is another way, great way, I think, of movies to cut, mm-hmm. which I'll have another one like that later. We can discuss more. All right, Ev, what is your number four? At number four, I've got another horror movie, and I've got one that's it's personally one of my favorite horror movies that there is. Okay. It's Scream, the original 1996 version. All right, I'm trying. You need to walk me through because I've seen it. I really like the movie, but mm-hmm. I don't remember the specific way it ends. Yeah, so ultimately – I think that like the the ending is honestly like 40 minutes long and I hate that I'm, I'm doing this to you but it, the ending all takes up in like in the final house yeah whenever you have like the very first uh, part of it is whenever Tiffany uh, which is I forget her Nev, uh, Nev Campbell yeah it's it's Sydney's best friend and she ends up which it was just Nev Campbell yeah uh, Sydney's best friend she gets killed in the garage and you're like oh yeah that's a brutal one stuff's about to go down one of the best kills that i've seen on camera and then uh it you have this entire like it's going back and forth between like courtney cox gail weathers and and dewey trying to be like trying to figure out who the killer is because they know this party is at this house and then you also have like sydney trying to figure out who the killer is while she's also at the at the house Mm -hmm. and it all comes together where everyone is well it's kind of funny because i forget the character's name it is i think it's kevin patrick walls i think it's steve he's the one that kind of like tells like the tropes of like horror movies and it's so cool how like meta it is and how he's basically laying out how exactly this is gonna go down and uh he's saying like never turn your back or never be in a room by yourself and that ultimately is like how he dies and it leads well he doesn't necessarily die we think he dies but uh, it leads to Sydney in the kitchen and seeing her boyfriend, which is Billy, and then also seeing uh, Matthew Lillard, who is Stu. And she's like, oh, my gosh, guys, we got to go. Uh, the, the killer's here. And then they bring out the voice recorder, and, and he's talking just like Ghostface. And then that, like, whenever you see that. Yeah, that's when you realize. You realize that there's been two killers the entire time. And it's just it's it's such a fun way of being able to like it just reinvented horror in the fact that you can be you can make fun of yourself and then you can also like give new twist twists and turns. It, it's just such a fun film. 
Yeah, it's crazy that um, Wes Craven has been a part of, like, multiple generations of reinventing horror. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street swept uh, the 80s, I believe it was made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents as teenagers couldn't sleep because of that movie. And then you go up to the 90s, and he does it all over again. He comes up with Scream, something new, something fresh, where, like you said, it's meta, and they're making fun of themselves. Um, the guy is just a horror genius and a legend. Yeah, for real. And he also, he loves having uh, female lead characters. So he's a big girl boss guy. And for that, <laughs> I give my props to him. <laughs> but yeah, Scream is, it's one that I think that you have to watch every single Halloween. It's like probably the, the original, like modern uh, horror movie. Yeah, Halloween, you know, it's good and it's a classic, but. I mean the the acting just does not hold up. So Scream, Michael Myers, who Scream is Scream is definitely definitely my favorite horror movie and probably and obviously the fourth best ending that I can come up with. Uh, my number four is Memories of Murder, a okay. uh, South Korean film directed by Bong Joon Ho. Uh, you still haven't seen this one, right, Ev? Correct. I told okay. the podcast I was going to do it like three months ago, <laughs> but I still have it. And we're still receiving fan mail. That's just threatening Evan over. Yeah. Here. It's, it's bad guys. I'm sorry. I might get to it in within the year. Dude, after watching, cause I re, um, I remembered a specific scene, which I think is one of my favorite scenes ever that's in the movie. And it's kind of like, we'll say Godfather esque where in the way that it's like that in that last 30 ish minutes, that's just, um, fantastic. Mm hmm. However, it's not the official final scene. So I was like, what was the final scene of that movie? I went back and YouTube and I'm like, I mean, this has to make the list. Mm -hmm. So I won't go too much into it because I do want you to experience it. Um, but I don't think the actual final scene gives up that much. So what really happens in the movie is the story itself kind of ends. Um, and then it goes like 10 or so years into the future for like two minutes mm -hmm. for the final scene. And it's kind of like a epilogue or prologue whichever one it is um and it follows the main character who's a detective who the whole film was trying to find the serial killer and he's going down this road and he sees um a site which when you think back this was where the first murder happened where it all started he goes back to reflect on it he gets out of the bus walks up to it and is looking and this little girl walks up to him and is like saying hi he's like hello or whatever she kind of startles him and she says i saw a man here just a few weeks ago looking in that spot and like immediately you just know it was the killer coming back to look at his kill or whatever and experience it again and he's like what did he look like and she says ordinary uh just like you know us or whatever mm -hmm. and he turns and looks directly in the camera breaking the fourth wall and like stares at the audience and then it just cuts to black. Uh, and it, it, it's just one of the best endings ever. Um, it makes you, it makes me think I'm the serial killer, yeah. which I think is the uh, target of what he's going for there. And it is just really, really good and underappreciated, frankly. Yeah. It sounds like almost like a mix between like, I don't know, Zodiac and like prisoners where like, it's like looking back and you're, you can, one can only hope that he figures out who it is that, yeah. It, That's the killer. I just love when a movie breaks the fourth wall as long as they do it well. Mm -hmm. Like and Ryan Reynolds? Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. The master of the fourth wall. Oh, he definitely the is. The CEO of breaking the fourth <laughs> wall. Um, but no, in all reality, 
uh, I do if it's done right, and uh, this is one of the best examples of it. Yeah, like you don't have to like look, and it's almost like it's not like an aside in like a play or anything like that mm-hmm. where you're trying to advance the yeah, plot. Like, what he doesn't know is <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely just got to be like a like a subtle hint where the it's left for the audience's interpretation. Yeah. All right, we're entering our top three. Evan, what do you got? At number three, we've got the David Fincher film Seven. Oh Lord, I, I I knew you. I was like, there's not enough David Fincher on this list. <laughs> I know I've only got one one of his movies on here so far. So you know you know I had to put a second one on there. But with uh, Seven, it's almost like like I don't know. This is kind of cheating again, but it's like the last like 30 minutes for this one. Dude, you know? Evan, you have to be stopped. They're they're on their way to the last scene. All right, like from that that dialogue that uh, Brad Pitt has with uh, with, with, Ke- with Kevin Spacey. With seven, I'll count it because it's really what you're discussing is the box scene. Yeah, and then like it's leading up to the box yeah. scene, and then I mean every single bit of it as an as an audience member you're just left captivated you're trying to figure out what it is that's being that's in this gosh dang box Mm -hmm. that brad pitt wants to know so badly but uh kevin spacey or john doe i'll just call him john doe all right no more respect i've (laughs) i've hit my limit for saying his name yeah we have (laughs) a i'm keeping a counter over here we're about to summon him like like candy man or something (laughs) (laughs) a portal's just gonna open (laughs) up in the floor but yeah, so John Doe is just antagonizing uh, Brad Pitt the entire time, and it is just uh, the the way that uh, that Fincher went about just leaving the suspense and keeping you hanging on where you feel like he's about to uh, let him know. It's it's so beautiful, and then you have uh, Morgan Freeman, de- uh, Detective Somerset, who is uh, trying to be the one to calm down Brad Pitt, even though he has this great relationship with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, which. All right, I won't spoil it because I feel like there's some people that still haven't seen Seven, right. and it's just that that great. I, I respect it is a great, great payoff. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just watch Seven. It's honestly, it's a very tough watch. There's there's a lot of uh, like s- typical s- serial killer stuff in there, and a lot of really like tough dialogue to listen to. But I promise you that payoff and seeing what happens. I mean, you're you're putting yourself right in that position that Brad Pitt has to decide. Whether or not he's gonna seek out that seventh, uh, that seventh sin or not, yeah, it is. Uh, it's amazing. What like we already mentioned, um, it, it's just such a great payoff, one mm-hmm. of the best. And, and because it has so much dread associated with it, which typically you're like waiting for that big happy moment, this mm-hmm. is like the opposite. You're like, dear God, don't let be in that box. What I think is in that box, yeah. and it's in the box. It, uh, it is in the box. So yeah, that, that, that's all we said about that one. Yeah, Grant. I'm excited to hear your your top three. Well, I don't even ask. I, I think you'll know at least one of them, but that's all I'll say. Uh, my number three is Goodwill Hunting, one of our personal favorites uh, uh, movies on the podcast. Um, Goodwill Hunting, it's just the it, once again, it's one of those where it sets it up earlier in the film. I mean, it's just just standard screenplay stuff, but it's amazing the way it works. Um, they set it up with Robin Williams says that I had to go see about a girl line to him. He comes back, he writes the exact same thing. And this time it just hits different. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I just love too this, this is another great way to end films that people do sometimes is like a continuous shot. That's still kind of part of the story, but like as the credits roll mm-hmm. and it's just his car driving to go, 
you know, see his girl. I forget what what's her name. It starts with an M or Mini Driver. Yeah, it's Mini Driver is her name. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember. Gosh, what. why am I forgetting her name? I feel so Skyler, bad. Skyler. Skyler. Skyler is her name. Yes. But um, yeah, he's going to see Skyler and just Robin Williams with the son of a bitch. He stole my line. I mean, it just oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, that that movie means a lot to both of us. Um, and that ending is definitely a big reason why. Yeah, I think for me that I, I've watched Goodwill Hunting so many times that like I've just become habituated to the uh, to the ending yeah. where I'm just like it doesn't even like it, it hits I, every time. Yeah, I know. But what you mean. I've become so accustomed to it that I'm like, like just there it is. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not like jaw dropped, like oh hit that son of a bitch stole his line. Yeah, uh, dude, it, it's just so great. And then like you said, like it's such such a subtle way to end this like subtle movie. And I love abs- absolutely every single second of it. Yeah. You know, there, there's a reason why it was number one on my my number yeah. or my top ten. Yes, yes. Which we'll see if that changes or not. Come the 25th episode, we'll, we'll have to see that. It's coming up in three weeks. Guys. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, all right, Ev. What is your number two? We're coming down to the end here. Number two. Is this going to be Italian or something? What's going on here? I got the Departed. Oh, brother. Oh, God. It was Boston. Martin Scorsese. Oh, Lord. And listen, I think this this movie, although, like, the more I've, uh, like, read about it and the more I've I've watched it, the more I realize, like, you know, there's some there's some pretty bad, like, it's not the, the perfect movie that I necessarily thought it was. Mm-hmm. But, gosh dang, this ending is just jaw is dropped for the last, like, ten minutes. Yeah really i mean that that yes yeah and you're you're trying to figure it out like like all right there's there's still another scene whenever you think that like the i think the elevator scene they could have easily ended it there mm-hmm. and you would have been like dude what in the world yeah. but they continue they decided to continue it on and then you're like all right how how are they going to end it and then you have the where matt damon Oh, Colin, he's just coming up, and he's just going to put his groceries down. Opens up the door. He says, okay. And then you got Dingham. Mark Wahlberg, who's my, my absolute favorite uh, in the in this movie. He's just so over the top. I love every single second I mean, second he's of a real it. Boston guy. So. He, he really is. I think that he was like – he was so upset that he couldn't play either uh, Leo or Matt Damon's part that he was like, all right, I'm just going to be the most Boston – <laughs> cop that I can possibly be over the top uh, saying F word after F word. Yeah, which he does a great job at. Dude, he does. And it is it is like over the top and you're like, okay, no one actually acts like this. But for some reason, Mark Wahlberg, this just hits every single, like every single time that he's on the screen, you're just exhilarated. Mm-hmm. And that leads up to the very ending. Yeah. So much fun, dude. Which is just fantastic camera work and honestly reminiscent of Taxi Driver. Um in the final shot when it pans well we won't specifically say what happens but when it pans up to mark Wahlberg's character it goes from his toes all the way up to his face Mm -hmm. and it's when you see his feet you're like oh lord i think i know it's gonna be at the top and it's kind of similar to taxi driver when you see um travis bickle robert de niro's character at this political campaign i mean he's got a full-on like military basically outfit Mm -hmm. on all the way up to the mohawk uh, and yeah, it's really reminiscent by Scorsese, both of them. And it's just an awesome, awesome reveal. Yeah. And then the very, the very, very ending, whenever you see the, the, uh, rat along the power line and then you see the, the state government building, dude, people hate that ending. Really? They hate the rat because they're like, 
oh, I'm so tired of hearing about this gosh dang rat because uh, Jack Nicholson scared people with the rat scene uh, earlier in the film when he was talking to, to Leo. Yeah. But people, like, they wanted to remove the rat, like, digitally remove it from all films, like, in theaters because people hated it that much. It so, didn't end up happening. So dumb. Yeah, because Leo, or not Leo, but Scorsese, he was like, this is, this is stupid. Like, this is my film. I mean, come on yeah. now. Uh, like obviously a lot more Italian and a lot more uh, energetic and a lot more eyebrow movement than yeah. what I just did, but yeah, I I don't I don't like that people did that. And like, you're talking to God saying Martin. Yeah, show some respect, people, dude. Whatever he does is perfect. It's I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna blindly follow this man in whatever movie that <laughs> he has. Of the I'm, earth. I'm just gonna trust that that every movie he has is is top ten. Yeah, precisely. Um, all right, my number two. And before I go into my number two, I do want to say this. Because I just realized looking at my list, I completely forgot one. And honestly, I think you may have forgot it too. Um, it's Dead Poet Society. Yeah, I forgot about it as well. So let's just give that a quick shout out. Uh, that would definitely be on my list. I, mm -hmm. I just completely forgot it. But the Oh Captain, My Captain scene, I mean, come on. It, it doesn't get better cinematically than that. Yeah, I mean, you just had the, the thing about uh, Dead Poet Society is like, it's just, it is a little bit older in the, the fact that like, it's not like the most like, beautiful film necessarily like you just see the same like four colors over and over again yeah. but seeing like robin williams leave his uh leave his class and then i'll stand up saying my captain oh captain dude yeah tears perfect automatic perfect ending yeah um all right my real number two is the truman show mm. uh the and i'll take a i'll take a, a note from evan here and i'll do like the last 15 20 minutes mm -hmm. um but I mean, him just going out on that boat. I mean, because you have to imagine, if one if someone did that, you're just like, what is wrong with this guy? But he <laughs> he does not care. He's going, um, he's this convinced of something that his world is not reality, and he goes and finally, when that boat just the storm lightens up and just quietly on the water, his boat just crashes through the wall. And he goes up them steps, and there's a door. It's just like goosebumps. Mm -hmm. um, and then a voice comes down, and it's uh, the one guy talking to him. And it ends, once again, with a line set up earlier. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Uh, it, it's just so great. Uh, it's one of Jim Carrey's best performances. I don't know if it's better than Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. But that delivery is maybe his best delivery ever. Yeah. I mean, it. it you see uh... – Jim Carrey, he kind of does like a does like a bow at yes. the end, like after he just gave everybody a show that they've like just Followed for years idolized for years, and it's it's such a great uh, gosh, it's freaking good, dude. Dude, I know. <laughs> I I watched it and listen. I'm a I'm a, like a Jim Carrey hater. I think that he's too over the top. I think the dude's absolutely insane. So if he tried to do this in real life, like he he thought he was actually living the Truman Show, I would not be surprised whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, his. The conversation that he has with uh, the creator of the show, who it seems like he's acting like the voice of God mm -hmm. at the time, trying to convince him to like to stay in there to be like so that he can still have a job. Yeah, there's a lot of like religious metaphors going on there at the end. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's such a deep film. And whenever I first watched it, I was like, all right, what in the world am I, am I seeing here? <laughs> but it's you, the more you think about it, the more you have to love this film. Just because it's, it's, it holds up so much today, just because we kind of put ourselves in these false realities, uh, where we're like we have to put on this this show for for other people. And I love the Truman Show; it holds up so uh, incredibly nicely. Yeah, and it's... that 
that ending dude when he just walks away. We mentioned like Goodwill Hunting and some of these others where you've seen it so many times that it doesn't necessarily hit you the same now. Uh-huh. Truman Show, every single time I watch throughout that, if I go throughout the whole movie, that final moment, it just hits me every single time, which I can't say the rest of these films do. Yeah. Ev, it's that time, baby. I need you to tell me your number one movie ending of all time. Yeah. So my number one, I've got a movie that's already been said. <laughs> Who has it? And I've got Whiplash. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think that, I, I mean, I said it earlier that the the ability for this film just uh, like the from the beginning all the way into the end, it just, it leads up to one another and you just have this, like, I feel like the the climax keeps going and whenever you feel like that's you're finally in your, uh, like you're towards the end of the film, it just gets that much better because you have J.K. Simmons and that awful character. Mm-hmm. or awful per- person that he plays it's a great character but uh it's it's so much fun just to be able to to witness this kind of payoff that andrew neiman he's worked so hard for that jk simmons has tried to to take away from him yeah which it, it's it's so great i mean the fact that you're so happy when you finally get that payoff it just shows how masterful damien chazelle was in this film because like you're feeling what andrew is feeling uh, you, even though you shouldn't, you should be like, screw this guy. I want nothing to do with him. We should be spitting in his face. But instead, when you finally get that, just a nod, not even a good job, um, you are so satisfied. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite sequences of it is whenever you have uh, the camera, like Damien Chazelle doing that, his famous whip pan back and forth from uh, Terrence Fletcher to Andrew Neiman. Yeah. Whenever you have him like directing and he's just smiling, and he's just pointing, yeah. and you're like, dude, this is like you're you're having fun with them because you're seeing the creation of music of jazz, and I think that's what jazz is all about. It's all about improv. Imp- Calm down, Seb. Improvisation. <laughs> this guy, this guy's. I'm I'm just watching him read the screenplay of La La Land over here. <laughs> that's basically what's happening. This yeah, just that one scene at the jazz bar. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's that's exactly what what jazz is all about, and I think that's what whenever you finally see, I think you see uh, Terrence Fletcher say, "I finally have like my my Charlie Parker." It it is so much like you're so happy for uh, for Andrew, and you're like just throwing a big middle finger to uh, Terrence Fletcher. Yeah, and it's I think a very odd feeling. It's, it's so complex. It, it it really is. But the the only way like you can. Like it's one of those films that at the very end it just fades to black, mm-hmm. or not fades to black, but cuts. it's it cuts to black, and you're just like, dude, what, yeah. what in the world is happening right now? But it's uh yeah, once again another one like these top few I can say like perfect yeah, ending. and uh yeah it, it definitely is yeah I'm dude I'm gonna go watch Whiplash, <laughs> no. dude I'm pissed I I was going to watch it again the uh-huh. other night show Megan it. Uh, she hasn't seen it? No, she hasn't seen it. Brother. And Megan, come on now. It was on Hulu the day before I'd watched it, and I was going to watch it again with her, and now it's on Showtime, which I don't have. So, Dang, dude. It was pain. But, uh, yeah, shout, shout out Whiplash. All right, my number one. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for I'm excited. I don't think I, I, I don't think you know. Yeah, I don't think I know. Let me hear it. And I'm going to – maybe this will entice you to finally watch it, you bum. It's Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this freaking is this is another kind of Godfather situation where it's like the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, you were trying to hate on me earlier, <laughs> and hey, here you are no, no, joining no. me. Now wait just a second. This film 
it's this whole final sequence okay okay it's just some of the greatest filmmaking ever made from the moment he's on the boat and he realizes like i know it has to be done i have to assassinate kurtz to the end when he's leaving i mean it's maybe the greatest 10 film 10 minutes of filmmaking ever made i mean i'm willing to say that that gum dude. dude when he rises up well first of all he's given a freaking one of the greatest monologues i've ever seen with that voice of his and is this marlin or is this charlie this sheen's is character Char- or this mark or martin sheen's okay character. yeah yeah i didn't mean to say charlie <laughs> sheen <laughs> that'd be a weird movie uh but yeah what he says he's like even the jungle wanted him dead and that's who he really took his oldest from anyways and you're just like oh god dude <laughs> it's about to happen and he come. It's that famous scene, which I'm sure even you've seen the scene, even though you haven't finished the movie yet. Is when he comes up out of the water with his eyes, um, and it's like and, all red. Yeah, it's like orangish and lightning striking out. So I mean, dude, it's amazing. Some of those shots at the end, and there's Kurtz in there giving a speech, and he comes up, and it's this is Francis Ford Coppola. I have realized. I mean, we discussed the Godfather sequence of cutting back and forth from him killing the other five families to uh, the like anointing slash bat christening mm-hmm. of the baby at the Catholic Church. This is the only other one uh, in a movie like that that I can think competes with it, and it's by the same director. Is the Apocalypse Now as he slays Captain or Colonel Kurtz or whatever? It cuts to the s- tribal people slaying a bull back and forth for each like stab and it is amazing um i love that ending so much i just think it's pure cinema and i know i just rambled on for five minutes but i could go on for an hour about that ending yeah i i haven't seen apocalypse now listen the way that i i watch movies sometimes is like with my my schedule i watch them in like 30 minute increments or 15 minute increments (laughs) my man's got a yeah it's timer yeah it's the weirdest thing but uh I, I tried to do that with Apocalypse Now, but it got to the point where I didn't even know what was happening. Like, yeah. what happened in the beginning? Like, I forgot that Mart, Martin Sheen just went absolutely, like, insane in the very beginning. In his room. Yeah, he was just, like, butt naked for half the time. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it. And I never got to the, the ending, but all you hear about is the, the legend of this Colonel Kurtz. And it's just a trance, and you just have to let yourself go along for the ride. I mean, uh, genuinely similar to the boat ride in the movie. Mm -hmm. You just have to join along, go with the flow, and end up at the destination. Dang. This guy... This guy I, really I, loves. I know how to sell this movie, bro. <laughs> Gosh, dang! I'm about to get uh, like carve out three and a half hours <laughs> of my time and go watch it right now. It, it, it's a banger. Uh, but yeah, those are our top ten. I that was fun. Um, I, I liked your list a lot, um, and, and we had a couple similarities, not too many though. Mm. So we had some good variety there. Uh, I guess we're gonna go ahead and hop over to the after show, um, and we hope you guys join us over there. Yeah, see y'all there. Perfect. Perfect. We couldn't have planned this better. All right. Thank you guys for joining us here in the after show. Um, at, uh, well, first of all, let's just say we hope you guys enjoyed this uh, main segment. I, I, we had a lot of fun with it. It was definitely a tough one. Yeah, it definitely was. I think that even now looking at my list, I can definitely like rearrange these just yeah. based on like just from talking about them. I was like, all right, never mind. Maybe I like this ending a little bit more than the other one. Yeah, it, it's definitely one that could quite literally change hour to hour. Um, but a lot of our things are like that. And obviously movies are subjective. Um, but with all that said, we're going to go ahead and do what we always do on our after show. 
tell you guys what we're going to be watching this upcoming week and give you guys some recommendations. So, Evan, uh, what do you recommend to the people? What are you going to be watching? Let us know. So, for me, I have the last movie in the Star Wars saga. It's uh, The Rise of Skywalker. I've got to watch that. And I've also got to watch Solo and uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. And then also, I, I, you know, if I end up watching all those, I might just start like The Mandalorian or something like that. <laughs> it's just going crazy out here. I don't, I'm, listen, all I'll say is I've enjoyed my time watching these movies. Very That's all I got to say. And then as far as what I recommend, there's a movie on Netflix called Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. And it's directed by Aaron Sorkin, which Aaron Sorkin is the best in the game when it comes to writing, in my opinion. He's the one that wrote uh, – he writes a lot of David Fincher stuff. He does a lot of adaptations. He wrote uh, The Social Network, which is another absolutely incredible uh, screenplay. So And ending. And ending, yes. So, yeah, that's my recommendations. Grant, what are you going to watch? What do you recommend? Um, uh, as far as what I'm going to be watching, I, th- I think I'm going to be watching the Coen Brothers debut film, Keep With My Debuts, uh, Blood Simple. It's on HBO Max right now, and I'm – it, it, it has very high critical acclaim like most of their movies and I'm interested in checking it out um, as far as what I'd be recommending I'll be recommending Blade Runner 2049 um, for any 80s people out there who have seen um, Blade Runner it was kind of like a cult classic mm-hmm. uh, but a cultural staple and while it's not my favorite movie Blade Runner 2049 is like a technical masterpiece. So if you just want to see great cinematography and get to see a little bit uh, more Denis Villeneuve, maybe you've seen Dune or Arrival and you want something in that vein, check out Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Uh, it's Denis- on uh, Netflix, by the way, right now. Yeah. Netflix. Molly Ga- Molly's Game is also on Netflix. I don't know if I mentioned it I think not. you did. Oh, okay. Well, just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We always, you know, hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you thought. Uh, We'll be sharing our letterbox here. Uh, Ev, what's your letterbox? It's the Evan D. Um, And mine is Grubzy33, no spaces, no caps. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, we say that every time. But right now on there we'll have lists from last episode or two episodes ago now. Mm -hmm. If you listen to that as far as – um, our ultimate Oscars draft list. So if you want to follow along, check that out. And maybe we'll put out um, some of our like most anticipated releases list and other things, try and get more involved there. The TikTok is at Pulp Fiction One. Um, and let us know what you guys think. Uh, as always, if you ever need anything, you give us a holler. And we'll see you guys next time. See y'all. Bye. Stop. 